that same spirit. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That same spirit that raised Jesus up. It's going to be a reality soon. Amen. I believe soon for those that are redeemed in the Lord. I feel his Holy Ghost in this place. It wouldn't be nothing to be riding down the road. Going about your business on your everyday journey. And all of a sudden. Hallelujah. Those spiritual ears are tuned in to a sound of a trumpet. Hallelujah. The trumpet sounds in that same spirit. That raised Jesus up. That precious Holy Ghost quicken our bodies. Amen. And we'll be called up to meet him in the air. What a day that's going to be. Amen. That's what I'm living for today. Is that what you're living for? Bless God. I love to come to church every Sunday. This is my journey in this life. But this is not all I live for. I'm living for that day. Hallelujah. If you're living for that day, stand with me all over the church. Look at somebody around you and tell them I'm living for that day. Oh, they laid him in an empty tomb and they rolled that old stone by the door. They put soldiers there to guard him. They thought they'd done away with him. Many today don't believe he exists. Many today, amen, think he's a fairy tale or he was just a good prophet or, or, or that they don't believe him to be the son of God. They don't believe that he died, was buried, and was resurrected. But I'm telling you, because he lives, we have hope today. Because he lives, amen, to God we'll live. My Bible tells me, amen, that he was died, that he was buried, that he was resurrected, and he ascended to the Father. Amen. And today I'm excited because I know that this is not it. This ain't it. Shake somebody's hand around you and say, look at them and say, I'm glad this ain't it. Amen. Because some of you got to go home when you leave this place. You got to go home to some things you've been going through. Amen. Some of you got to go back just for a moment, just for, for a couple of hours. You get to come in here and get in the presence of God in a corporate way. But then you got to go right back to life. I'm glad this ain't it. Come on, somebody. I'm glad this ain't it. I'm glad there's more to the story. I'm glad there's more to look forward to. That even I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them that love Him. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me. Remain standing just for a moment. I want to read the Scripture and share with you what God has placed within my heart. Yesterday I had one of those moments while you're turning to Psalms chapter 1. I had one of those moments uh, where God really, really prodded me as I was studying throughout the week. and I would prepare the message. A lot of times I'd get on on my little format system, my Word, Microsoft Word. How many knows about Microsoft Word? Y'all familiar with that, PowerPoint? I'd get on that thing and I'd lay my outline out I, and I'd just study by that. Mostly, mostly study by it. I carry it with me to the pulpit a lot of times, but mostly it's just study. Anyhow, I was putting everything down on paper and, and researching and studying throughout the week and all of a sudden last night I... I sat there to go over everything and the Lord said, erase it. I said, really? I said, well, God, it's probably best that I do because I really ain't getting anywhere. I don't feel like, I don't feel good about this outline. I just, wasn't nothing wrong with what was in there. I just didn't feel it. So I did. I went on there and I copied, selected everything, copied it, and I deleted. Boom, it was gone. I said, okay, Lord, what you want me to do? He said, I want you to get your Bible. He said, I want you to get that paper you print your outline on. I want you to fold it in half and get you a pen. I said, yes, Lord. 
And so I did. And the outline could not compare to what God was speaking into my heart. And again, I, I began to feel something that God was doing, that God was preparing us for. How many want to walk with God? Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. I want to preach on this thought. We're going to read this scripture, and then I'm going to let you sit down. But in Psalms chapter 1, we hear the psalmist addition of what to do and how to walk with God. He said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bring forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but like the shaft which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. From verse 1 all the way to verse 6, we see a contrast of two. Those who walk with God and those who don't. I want to preach from this thought. Walking with God, the psalmist edition. Father, we love you. God, I ask you, Lord, that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. I surrender this vessel to you. God, let my mind be in tune. My heart, Father, surrendered. Holy Ghost, speak through me. Let this word go forth and accomplish what you send it forth to accomplish. Today, God, there are lives that need to be changed. There are lives that need to walk with you. There are lives that are struggling in their walk. There are lives, God, that can, 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 can be a strength to those who are struggling in their walk. Father, from every walk of life in this building today, there is only one hope, and that hope is in you. God, we ask you, Father, that you would uh, let a, the Spirit of God would create a liberty in this house, in this moment, Father, for your word to freely go where you send it, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. You can be seated. Look at somebody around you and tell them, walk with God. Walking with God. Thank you so much. It's important to realize and recognize as we read the entirety of this particular chapter, as I said before, we see the contrast of two in particular individuals. It is one that walks with God, and then the other is one that doesn't walk with God. We'll look at those throughout the course of this particular chapter. In this verse... Verses, we begin to see the psalmist giving us warning. He is trying to give us understanding as to what God's will is for our life. It is one thing to desire His will, then it's something else to obey His will. You would say, preacher, I don't quite understand what you're talking about. There is a difference in hearing and doing. The Bible said that we should be more than hearers, but that we should be doers of the Word of God. It's important that we take and apply in our life our conduct, our desire, our attitudes should be based upon doing what God has called us to do. Amen? Walking with God is all about choices. Do you believe that today? It's about choices. Now, I get up every morning and, and sometimes I don't feel like walking with God. Amen? Well, y'all must be holier than me. 
Some days I don't wake up feeling like walking with God. Some days I, feel I wake up knowing I need to walk with God and I pray and I seek His face. But it's a choice that I make based upon my love for Him. Amen? My spirit is willing when yet sometimes my flesh is weak. So I have to make the right choices in life in order to uh, get in the path that God would have me to walk in. Walking with Him in relationship and having the blessing that the psalmist speaks of here in my life. Number one, we begin to look at verse one and there's three catalysts that he speaks of. Can I tell somebody this morning that we must, we must avoid the depravity of sin. Amen. We must avoid moral corruption and wickedness in our life. How many knows today that no matter how saved you are, that you're surrounded by temptation? We are surrounded by the catalyst of ungodly counsel, as the psalmist speaks of here. One of the catalysts is ungodly counsel. It is the beginning of a downward progression, for we all were born with inbred sin within our life, and we struggle with the internal sinful man in trying to press forward and do those things that God would call, call us to do in obedience unto Him. We struggle with the sin nature. Amen to God. If you don't believe that, uh, hang around some church long enough and you'll see some holy shouters, amen, uh, struggle sometimes. We struggle with the sin nature. Anybody ever done something you knew you wish you, 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 you knew? <laughs> My goodness, uh, uh, I, I, I just knew as uh, soon as I'd done it and realized, my goodness, I shouldn't have done that, amen. We struggle with the sin nature. We struggle with it every day. And so we realize that we're dealing with this. And the Bible said in James chapter 1 verse 14 that everyone is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Amen to God. Well, you'll be drawn by the counsel or by the advice or the temptation that comes into your life. In the uh, chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible is speaking of uh, the three catalysts. One being uh, the counsel of the ungodly, which is the beginning of a downward progression of sin. When we begin to be drawn into the place of our temptation, then that temptation comes in and we act upon it. Then it becomes sin. It begins a downward progression. David was saying uh, in the scripture, he said, don't uh, take uh, the counsel of of the ungodly and apply it to your life. Amen. It's important to realize today as we read this scripture, we'll find some truths that are very powerful to us, not only as unbelievers who've never been saved, but especially as believers who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb today. Amen. That we should be careful that we do not get caught up walking after the counsel of ungodliness. Well, simply, what are you saying here? I'm talking about advice from, from people or thoughts or temptations that have no regard for God, have no regard for His will, have no regard for the goodness of God in your life, have no regard for you walking in the path that God has called you to walk in. We got many people walking today, but they're not walking in the right paths. Amen. Because give God praise if you want to. Because internally they begin to struggle with the sin inside of them and then they by their own lust are finding a way to try to appease what they're feeling rather than sometimes just leaning on God and seeking His face. They begin to lean toward that feeling or that lust and they look for answers and when they find the advice that they feel like will appease what they're feeling, they begin to act upon that advice and, and what they find is in the end they that it draws them into the next progression, which is the sinful paths of life. I want to tell people today that when we listen to ungodly counsel and when we listen to temptations of the enemy that are ungodly, they will lead us into a lifestyle of sin. Somebody needs to understand that what the enemy wants to do is to progress you, to get you to act upon that 
that temptation to get you to walk down the path that God has not designed for you so that you can get caught up essentially in a lifestyle of tormental sin. Amen. God didn't call us to live in sin. He delivered us from it. Come on now. He sent Christ to deliver us from sin. He sent Christ to to give us new life, to deliver us from the perils of sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's the only thing that will ever make us what God wants us to be is to walk with God, to be cleansed by His blood, to be delivered. Amen. Today, God has not called us us to listen to the wisdom of the world and the ungodly counsel of the enemy and get into a place of sinful living. God wants us to be free today. Amen. Touch somebody and say you ought to be free. If you're not free, you ought to be. Amen. If you're not free today, you ought to be. Let's just quit beating around the bush and let me just go ahead and preach today. Amen. If you're not free, if you've been listening to everybody but God, if you've been seeking all the counsel of the world, if you've been seeking the counsel of your buddies that living in sin, amen, then you're seeking the wrong counsel. That ain't the way to get free. The only way to get free is to go to the well where Jesus... Able one way to get free. Amen. God did not intend you to live your life according to ungodly counsel. He didn't call you to do. He wants you to walk with Him. He wants you to walk in power. He wants you to walk in grace. He wants you to walk in victory. How many want to walk in victory today? Look at somebody and say, be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful where you bend your ear. Make sure that where you're getting your information from is going to lead you and guide you into the walk that God wants you to make. After you find yourself living in the lifestyle of sin, you find yourself in a downward progression because you've acted upon the very counsel of the enemy. And then you find yourself living now in a lifestyle of sin, in darkness. And then before you know it, you find yourself living in such a dark place that you find yourself sitting in the seat of the scornful, the path of sinners, and then the seat of the scornful. The mocking of things of people of God, the mocking of the things of God. To be someone who is now so steeped in sin in such a dark place that they care no more about what God thinks. They have no regard of what's right. They have no moral compass. They have no moral desire. They have no love. They have no grace. They have no mercy. They are always doing everything they can to try to hinder and to exploit and to mock the Word and to mock people of God and to mock the things of God. I come to tell somebody the enemy has had not stopped. He's still doing everything he can. Kids are being mocked at school for being Christian. Come on now. Scorners. People living in darkness. Amen. Not only in the schools, but on the jobs. I'll never forget Going to work many times when I worked in the secular world and, and sometimes I would have my Bible and I would carry my Bible and go to work and, and I, I was, man, I, I wasn't ashamed of the Bible. I wasn't ashamed to be saved. How many is ashamed to be saved today? I wasn't ashamed I walked with God. I knew what, what, who God was to me. I knew the grace that he had placed in my life. I knew that I was more than a conqueror through him who loved me. And I would carry my Bible. And I'd walk in there, clock in, and I'd go on to my station there. And, and there were people many times, oftentimes, they would come and they would walk by me just so they could get a plug in. And they'd say, look at that old holy roller right there. This is scorn. 
The enemy wants to do everything he can to come again, to hinder you. There are people today, amen, to God that know what I'm talking about because you're dealing with it in your home. You got scorners living in your home. They're sitting at your table. Come on, somebody. If they're not in your home, they're on your job and they're looking at you and they know you're one of them churchgoers and they know you go to Stoneville and, and they know you're a shouter and they know that you lift your hands and worship God and they know you got a crazy faith. And so rather than say, I want what you got, they're so lost in sin, they begin to try to mock you and scorn you for who you are and you got to stand strong in the midst of it all and declare, I am who I am. No matter what they say, I'm still going to serve you. No matter what they do, I'm still going to serve you. I'm walking with God. I have found the joy. I have found the peace. I have found the grace. The sin in me, amen, has been defeated. The inbred sin in me has been destroyed because of the grace of Almighty God. See, I found in my walk with God, He did more than just talk to me. He delivered me and He transformed me from glory to glory. I'm not the man I used used to be, thank God. I'm not the man I used to be. A walk with God is transforming today. First transforming of a life of sin. Don't you see how dark of a place that people live in today? That's why we need to be the lights. Look at somebody and say, turn the light on. Amen. We need to turn the lights on of God in our life. We need to let the light of Christ shine in such a way when we come around them that we're not moved by their sinful state. But we become advocates. We become lights. We become messages and vessels of hope. I don't know about you, but I didn't have the light when me and daddy would go coon hunting. I didn't have the light. He did. And there was every time he'd turn that thing off, I couldn't see a thing. In my mind, I was a little boy. I'd say, daddy, turn the light on. I can't see nothing. You better believe there's people out there that are waiting on you to turn the light on. Amen to God. To turn the light on so that they can see. You can't be moved by the scorners. And you must avoid the depravity of sin that leads us from the counsel to the lifestyle to the very place to where we begin attacking the only hope and grace that we have. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23, I was reluctant to even bring this up. You'll know why in a minute. Down at Jericho, they had a problem with some water that was making people sick. So they didn't go to the scientists and try to figure it out. They found the man of God, Elisha. And Elisha told him, said, bring me a bowl of water. So he brought the bowl of water and he put salt in it. And they went and threw it in the water stream. And it healed the waters. Now here's Elisha as he's leaving Jericho now. Elijah has already been taken up to glory. He's going now from Jericho. He's seeing the power of God. He's seeing the God of Elijah at work in his life. And he's going to Bethel. As he gets to Bethel, now he's the man of God going to do a good thing. Some youths come out of the background and they say, hey, coming out of the city. And as he's walking up the road, they say, go on up, you bald man. Anybody? <laughs> go up, bald head. Go up, bald head. Mocking him. And he turned around and he cursed them. And a bear came out and devoured them. When you reach a place of scorn in your life where you're mocking God and you're mocking the things of God, be aware there is judgment. 
that is potentially available to you. Amen? When I know this, I realize why should I fear? God is my defender. They began to mock him, but he didn't let them bother him. Look at somebody and say, don't let it bother you. Just keep walking. I'm walking with God. God is my defender. Amen. They may not like my bald head. They may not like my, the fact that I dress up and go to church on Sunday. They may laugh at me because they feel like, my goodness, I, I'm, out, I'm out of season with the generation today. We need to leave that mess alone. Amen. We think we got to dress a certain way to fit in. We think we got to look a certain way, act a certain way, do certain things because we want to fit in. Hell has got room for all that want to fit in. Amen. We don't have to fit in. They can mock us if they want to. We don't have to fit in. We need to just go ahead and just let, let ourselves get free in God. Amen. Just, just worship Him. Don't worry about what everybody says. Well, you know, that church, they loud. They like to run the pews. They like to shout in the aisleway. Well, hey, amen to God. If it pleases God, then what you worried about? Amen. Give Him glory. David come dancing till his clothes, amen, his garments was, didn't even have his garments on there, his priestly robe on, his uh, kingly robe on. It was off of him. He was dancing before the Lord and his wife began to make fun of him. She scorned him and made fun of him. He said, what you mean? You don't understand? The ark of the God is coming back into the camp. I'm going to dance. This is my walk with God. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to glorify him. Why? Because God God wants me to have his favor. Look at somebody around you. God wants you to have his favor. Quench him if you want to, but I declare unto you that those who will worship God, who will walk with God in spite of the scorn, you're going to be blessed. The Bible said blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor lives a lifestyle of sin, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. We're not going to join up. We're going to keep walking. Touch somebody and say, keep walking today. We don't have to fit in. Why do we want to fit in? In one place, you're going to find hope. And it won't be in fitting in. It's in a walk with God. It's in a walk with God. Nehemiah was disturbed by the, the fact that the Jerusalem walls were broken down. He was disturbed by the fact that there was no one there rebuilding the walls. They were in captivity. And God put upon his heart to go and to take men and to build the wall. And of course the king allowed him to do that. But he had three scorners. Three that didn't want it. Sanballat, Tobiah, and Gisham. As Nehemiah and the men began to work, they came and they began to mock them and torment them. But Nehemiah kept on building. Touch somebody and say, keep on working. Keep on walking. What is this a description of in verse 1? This is a description of when we allow the sin nature of man to rise up and we follow after it and accept the counsel of the ungodly in any form. It leads us to a lifestyle of sin and then it carries us deeper and deeper until we become those that are not even in tune with God whatsoever. We care not about God. We have no... no uh, uh, thought about God and what he desires for our life. And then we find in verse number two that he begins to share with us the things that walking with God depends on. 
How many loves the word today? I don't mean just the word from Genesis to Revelation. I mean the word of God spoken by his spirit. Amen to the Lord in your heart. Not just the written word, but the word of the Lord. Thank God today. When we delight in the law of the Lord and we meditate on that law day and night. I'm telling you, a walk with God, when you're in love with God, a walk with God, you can't forget about God. He'll be on your mind. Morning. Ooh, throughout the day. When you have that walk with God that he wants you to have, you're going to meditate on him. Meditate on his word. Meditate on his instruction. You're going to seek his will. You're going to seek his way. Simply put, and you're meditating on the Word of God, you are seeking God for direction so that you can be obedient unto Him. Amen. How many wants to be obedient? To God. The only way you'll be obedient to God is to seek His instruction. This is where truly walking with God finds itself manifesting. It is when we are living a life day after day after day, appreciating God's word, appreciating his instruction, even through the midst of scorners, through the midst of sin. We've avoided all this. And we have found ourselves not leaning on our own understanding, but acknowledging God and seeking his face. And we are walking with God. And, 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 and every day, amen, we may find struggle, but we are still connected in our walk because we're meditating. We're looking for instruction. We're looking for, for, for the answers that we can act in obedience to the blessing of walking with God in verse uh, number three begins to give us a, 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 a impression of hope so to speak concerning those that are walking with God now listen to this God says if you'll avoid these things and then if you'll embrace this in number two, in verse number two then in verse number three I'm going to give you a, a, a blessing of revelation Amen. What is that blessing of revelation? God will establish you. How many knows God wants to establish you today? He don't want you defeated. He's going to make you a winner. I want somebody. He's going to make you victorious. He is going to nurture you in your walk with God. You're going to grow. You're going to be transformed. You're going to become strong. You're going to become fruitful. I come to help somebody. Amen. I don't want to go through the motions and not grasp what he's saying here. He's saying if you will avoid the depravity of sin, and if you will embrace the instruction of God and you will obey it, then you will enter into a walk with God where God will establish you. He will transform you. He will change you. He said you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Planted. Planted. Somebody shout planted. The Lord will take you and plant you by rivers that will give you a root system that is renewed and strengthened by the water supply that is there. And also in the process you will grow and your leaves will, will, will not wither and your fruit will produce in season. All this through the growing process. Uh, process. And then he says you will prosper. How many wants to prosper? I'm not talking about just financially. Amen. Rich people go to hell quick sometimes. Oh, y'all mad with me now. Ain't about money. Some folk get rich and they, 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 they lost as a bat. But some folk got, got blessings and money and riches and, and, and they honor God with that. Man, God blesses them. Nothing wrong with that. Listen to what I'm saying. He wants to prosper you. 
financially, but more than anything, spiritually. Money, no matter how much you have, cannot buy you victory. Hmm, hear what I'm saying. Your riches can't deliver you. Your riches can't comfort you. You can't buy enough to comfort you. Had a woman one time, she told me years ago, she said, yeah, when, when me and my husband go through hard times, she said, you know what we do? She said, we just go spend some money. We just go take a shopping trip. We go on a shopping trip because, man, by the time we, we go on a shopping trip, we come back. I'm telling you, we, we feel so much better. Hallelujah. Well, if buying could buy you peace, if buying could, could buy you victory, then we need to just go spend some more money. But buying ain't going to buy you peace. Getting in debt is not going to buy you comfort spiritually. Because I found this, those same clothes that you bought that made you feel good for that first two or three weeks you got to wear them, hey man, they grew old again. That new car that you bought that made you feel good for the first six months until you realize, my goodness, I'm getting tired of this payment. But you cannot trade the instruction of God and meditating on His Word and seeking after His counsel and walking with God for anything. It is transforming. God will save you. He will change you from glory to glory. He will sanctify you, fill you with the Holy Ghost. He will bring into your life a purpose, a relationship with Him that is vibrant, that is real, that no matter what you're going through, the only way you find yourself making it through it's not because of what you bought, what you've got in the bank, or what, come on somebody, but it's what you've got in your heart. It is a relationship with Almighty God. It's what, it, what matters most. Just like a tree needs, needs to grow and needs water, we need God's Word. Amen. He gives us the blessing of this. The contrast is simple. In Psalms chapter 1, verses 5 through 6, he begins to declare the end of the ungodly versus the end of the godly. If you come on to the piano, please. The contrast is simple. Bible said the ungodly will not stand in judgment. What does that mean for me today? There's people all across this congregation. Amen. That you know people and maybe, it, maybe it's even you. Stand with me if you will. Maybe it's even you today. I don't know. God does. God knows. The contrast is simple. The ungodly will not stand. There are people today that are living in that deep, dark place of sin. They don't even think they're wrong. They think, man, I, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. They'll mock the church and say, you're wrong. But we keep on walking. Why? Because there's a contrast. Our hope is not in this world. We realize that. We've defeated that sin nature inside of us because we accepted the sacrifice of God, Christ, in our life. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15, the Bible said, I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works 
by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. The death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The ungodly will not stand in the day of judgment. There is no way for them to. But the way of the righteous, of those who walk with God, God knows their way. And He knows their end. How many knows today that there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun? Revelation chapter 21 verse 27 said, But there shall by no means enter in anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So what are you saying today? I'm saying you've got two kinds of people. Those who choose God, those who choose His instruction, those who choose His way, and they choose to walk with God. And those who choose to listen to ungodly counsel, to act upon their own sin lust, and to allow themselves to get into lifestyles of sin, even in deep, scornful places. But the good news is God can break those chains. Amen. Why do we preach this gospel? Because God can break those chains. Why do we keep walking with God even when we're scorned and when the world around us is mocking the church? Because God can break those chains. Remember, Paul wasn't always a Christian. He believed in God, but he wasn't saved. He didn't believe in Christ. But thank God, on the road to Damascus one day, the Lord showed up one-on-one with Paul, and he began to change his life. Peter showed up and preached to thousands upon thousands of people who were living in darkness. No doubt some of them probably even mocked the very things that they were doing. I don't know. But they were living lifestyles of sin. But when they heard the truth, they had the opportunity to transition. Listen to what I'm saying. They would transition from one contrast to the other. The gospel message, whether preached or lived, is the light that creates the crossroads. And when Peter preached the word, chains, chains. Oh, I wish I had one with me right now. Have you ever heard the sound of a chain that done come loose and it hits the ground and just clink, just clink, come amen. I want you to know that he just broke those chains. You may not have heard it, but hell did. Hell heard it. Hell heard it the very moment when the sun set them free because hell thought he had me. But Jesus come and grab me. He let me know that I was victorious in my life. He's a chain breaker today. Walking with God, the psalmist edition is a revelation Two contrast. Choose this day who you will serve. Preacher, I, I hadn't been I hadn't been serious about my walk. 
I hadn't been serious about my life. I've just been, just been living it. Let me say something. Don't just live your life. Live it on purpose. Live it on purpose. How many wants to live it on purpose today? I want to live it on purpose. If you want to live it on purpose, then you just won't listen to everything that sounds good. You won't let your sinful nature dominate you. You're going to seek out God's way. You're going to seek out the truth. If that means you got to come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, I'd do it. If that means you need to come to Sunday school, I'd get up a little early. I'd get here. If that means you need to get involved in some of the ministry that's going on around here, I'd do it. If that means I've got to break out my Bible every day and read a devotion, I'd do it. Whatever I've got to do, I'd do it. I'm going to live my life on purpose. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to meditate on him day and night. I'm going to fall in love with him. See, the thing about it is that people get divorces all the time and they, don't, they fail to try to fall in love with each other again. Amen. Thank God. No telling what a rose will do. Come on, somebody. Don't fall out of love with the Lord. If, if you're having a bad day, amen, draw near to him. He'll draw near to you. The feeling you have of distance is not of God. It's of the enemy anyway. God is saying, come near to me. Stay in relationship with me. Walk with me. Let me change you. I promise you this. If you will engage, you won't be the same tomorrow that you were today. And you won't be the same next year that you were this year. Amen? If you'll truly engage and walk with God the way the psalmist said walk, you're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. You're going to walk no matter what's going on around you. You're going to keep walking. You're going to stay focused. You're going to build that relationship with God that is vital and vibrant to your life. And you'll be transformed into the glorious purpose of God within your life. I got news for somebody today. You need to hear what I'm saying. What, what God is doing in your life and what God wants to do in churches every and in communities everywhere is take the narrative of both contrast and bring the truth to the light. And the truth is that those who will run to God and walk with God they will eternally stand and those who choose the progressive path of sin oh God if they don't turn to the truth will not stand in the day of judgment well that's a scary thought today but it's the truth well, I don't want my sons and daughters or my mom or my dad or my husband, my wife, pray for them. And for God's sake, whatever you do, don't put your light under a bushel and hide it. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Let them laugh at you. Keep on walking. Let them mock you. Keep on walking. Walking with God. I want to ask you this morning all over the church. Is it your desire to walk with God? Every head bowed for a moment. Every eye closed. I'm not going to keep you long. Is it your desire to be transformed relationally, day by day, as you grow in the Lord? Maybe this morning that's your desire, but, but let me go a step further.
No one's looking around. I've got to ask you this, and you need to be honest with yourself. You need to be honest with God. Are you simply not where you need to be with God? That's just a question. It's not a judgment. We've all been there. We didn't come into this world saved. Every one of us, if we are saved, we were there too. Maybe you're not where you need to be with God. Maybe you've never accepted Him as Savior. Maybe you have. Maybe you've drifted away. But today God's spoken to your heart. Today you want to make a decision for the Lord. You want to walk with Him. You want to be like that tree planted by the rivers of living water. You want to be faithful to God. You want to be His child. You want to be blessed. You want to prosper spiritually. You want the peace of knowing that you're okay. That you and God are okay. And that you want to please Him with all you do. I want to ask you this morning, if you've got chains, I'm just going to be blunt, chains of sin in your life, you're living in sin. You've been living in the counsel of the ungodly. You've been doing everything but what God has called you to do. And you have lived the, 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 the outside of God's will as a sinner. Today is your day. Today is your day. All you got to do is make the choice. No one looking around for a minute. What is what you're saying, preacher? I'm saying this. This is your life. It's the only one you get. It's the only one you get. It's your life to lose or it's your life to gain. Jesus said, blessed are they who lose themselves for my sake. For in losing themselves for my sake, they find me, they gain. I want you to understand something today. You can be a winner. And while they're singing this song, I don't care who you are. If you just want to come and gather around this altar and, and stand in for some of your lost family, or if you just want to come and, and rededicate your life, or maybe today is the day that you're tired of these chains and you want to be set free, this altar's open today. Will you come right now and will you gather with me as we come before the Lord?